Hi, my name is Trish, the Core Behavioral Therapist, and today we have Anagre Sapra. He is a Gallup Strength Coach um, and also a great leader. Um, we met at church, and he just got engaged to the amazing Holly, so shout out to Holly. <laughs> <laughs> um, hi, Anagre. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, this is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. I'm looking forward to it too. Um, so... Someone so actually Anagri taught a class on Gallup strengths and he also does consulting as well. Can you tell me more about that? Because I have an idea, but I don't really know too much about it. Tell us more about it. What is Gallup strength? Yeah, so pretty much Gallup strengths was founded by this guy called Don Clifton. And um, if you've studied psychology, which you have, the DSM manual of diagnosing mental health is just extraordinarily big. And this guy said, well, if we can use these same metrics to diagnose illnesses, why can't we use it to diagnose strengths? And that's where Strengths Founder was born. Wow. And what they do is it's positive psychology and he's considered the father of positive psychology. Yeah. And what it does is um, you do this Clifton Strengths Assessment and what it does, it finds out your natural patterns of thinking, feeling, and behaving. So what are the things you do without even thinking twice about them? Right. Cool. Can you say that the name of that assessment again, just in case? Clifton Strengths Finder. Clifton Strengths Finder. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. So when you do that, you find out your natural patterns of thinking, feeling, and behaving. For example, I futuristic in my top five, which is I'm constantly like thinking about the future. And, you know, I could be either one of two things I could be a daydreamer or I could be a visionary. It all depends on how you use those natural patterns of thinking, feeling, and behaving. And that's what I do. So we use those assessments, find them out, and then we start finding ways to productively apply them to your life. That's so, so interesting and so cool. Um, do you have an example of someone you've worked with or maybe an organization you've work, worked with or hired from to conduct any of these? And what did people walk away with? Yeah, I think um, I've done it in multiple organizations before. Uh, one, I mean, a lot is like within our church as well. So I've done it with some of our leaders before. Mm -hmm. And I think just within our leadership team, when we have conversations, what you learn is what you want is a well-rounded team, not a well-rounded individual, number one. That's so good. You want a well, you're, the goal in life is not to be well-rounded because if you're well-rounded, you're just average. But mm -hmm. if I can be phenomenal at what I do, and you can be phenomenal at what you do, and we work together and kind of close the gaps and not try to work out of a place of weakness, we can have like a world-class team. That is um, so awesome. You know, I never, I always say I'm a team player and whatnot, but I always thought, and I'm sure people did, they think this too, that leadership is all about their skills, like the individual, but it's not. This is something different mm -hmm. it's about the team. I like Absolutely. this. Absolutely. It's like cohesive, like collectively, you're more powerful as a team. That's what it sounds like to me. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And, and that's the thing, because if you try to be a well-rounded individual, for example, like let's say someone is terrible at like the meticulous details, which that probably is me, but there's other people who thrive on the meticulous details. Right, right. And rather than me spending my entire life trying to be this detail-oriented person, I now have someone who thrives in that area, whereas I might thrive more in big picture and us working together makes a dream team. So even within our church, I talk to some, some people in leadership 
and we learn our own biases. Number one, we learn why people act the way they do. Mm -hmm. Um, and that helps us also understand what they bring to the table. And then by knowing our own biases, like for example, I've got activator in my top five, which is when a decision's made, I'm ready to get going. Like you don't even have to talk twice about it. But the problem with that is even if it's a bad decision, I'm going to get going. Wow. <laughs> and, and so I've got to realize those are my biases, but put me in a room with someone like, for example, Nathan Canto, who's our, our one of our creative oversights over here. Yeah. He doesn't have activator top five. He's quite slow on the other hand, and he likes optimizing and finding the best fits and working slowly. Wow. And when both of us work together in that way, then it's kind of like when he makes the final call and I know he's satisfied with it, I know I have the energy to just get things going. Um, that's, that's so, like, so just learning like that, it, yeah. it, oh, it, you win, everyone wins. I feel good. He feels good. Um, and that's what creates a world-class team. That sounds so awesome. So everyone has their own type of way of basically working, right? And 100%. Yeah. So when you come, like, I'm getting like this vision, like a puzzle, right? Where you may have this, like you're an activator and um, Nathan is, um, you said he works more slower, more meticulous, where you're lacking, he can fulfill and where he's lacking, mm -hmm. he can fulfill and it creates a world-class team. That's pretty yep. awesome. That's awesome. And I think one of the big thing that Strengths talks about is, you know, I believe we bought into this myth where everyone needs to do something the same way. Whereas what strengths teaches you is not what you can or cannot do. Like I've got futuristic. That doesn't mean Nathan can't dream. That doesn't mean you can't dream. But, you know, if you were to say like you and I had to give the exact same presentation, yeah. with the exact same points, right. we would both be able to come to the end result. Just our method of getting there would be different. Yeah. yeah. Right. So our, our how is going to be different, but our outcomes can be the same. Right. So what this helps you do is figure out, okay, what's your method? What's your how? And once you get better at knowing your how, your workflow is way better. And also it teaches you not to enforce, like forcing someone like, no, you should have a checklist every day. Right. That's, that's not for that's everyone, not you know? for everyone, no. Yeah. It's not. Um, and you've got to figure out what works for you. Um, and so I, as a leader, don't manage the process manage the outcomes, tell them what you want the outcome to be and leave it up to the person to figure out how do they want to get to the end. Um, That's so good. That's so good. Um, what else? You said what you, the labeled number one was well-rounded as a team. Do you have any more points? Or no? <laughs> um, yeah. So being well-rounded as a team, I think that's important. The good thing about doing your Clifton Strengths Assessment is... Um, then you can kind of like analyze, okay, where are you, where's your team at? What are kind of the biases over there? Um, what do you lean more towards? Um, what does your team lean more towards? What may you need help filling out? Um, it can also help your manager kind of know how can I motivate the team well? Like, what do they need from me? Because what works for you may not work for me as far as how mm -hmm. someone speaks to you or leads you or directs you. I totally get that. You mentioned mm -hmm. something, and I think it's so important, especially in the world of psychology and your Gallup strengths, um, biases. Can you talk about how important it is for us to know our biases? 
Oh, absolutely. I think um, it's funny. I think the more you live and the more people you spend time talking to, you realize, oh, everyone doesn't think the same way I do, you know? And it's so funny because you're in your head all the time. You're just like, well, this is common sense, but common sense isn't, that word's a funny word. Common sense is not that common anyways. Um, It's every person sees the world through their own lens. And for example, like when I'm getting led, I'm blessed by my my oversight because he is not a micromanager at all and i thrive on that like he doesn't have to tell me twice to do something gives me a vision i run with it whereas there's other people who would need more of the details right so so i hear a lot of creativity with that process yeah and that's how i work but some people don't want that and that's fine some it's fine people want to be told some people want to be told exactly what to do and so the important now of biases is when I lead someone, I ca- I've got to find out where are they at? Like, do they need a lot of instructions? Do they barely need any instructions? Will they feel micromanaged or just completely, do they want to feel managed? Mm-hmm. And, and when you learn those biases, I think number one, it like, it gives you so much respect for the other person. You can see the worldview they see life through. And um, I go out of the way. I have a whole list of, our, our team and like what their strengths are and and i just i i know most of them by heart at this point because and then it allows me to kind of be like okay where's this person coming from and why are they feeling frustrated what do they need more of and it, it starts happening subconsciously and you can predict to some extent you can also predict conflict okay. um you can see where people might 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 um rub heads um I'm and, totally uh, feeling convicted right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, what does Audrey think about me? Oh my gosh. I, will I don't know not- your top strengths. <laughs> I will not ask you. <laughs> well, I mean, what's interesting is, I, and, I, and I'm hearing this, and I believe managers probably can use this tool, right? Um, but mm-hmm. so how are you asking them questions? Or I, I know that you talked about, um, the Clifton inventory. Um, but are you also observing them from a distance type of thing? Um, or speaking to to them, getting to know them, and then you're also trying to figure things out as well. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, um, you know, especially like within what I do within the church context, like for me and, and, um, our pastor, like I've been working with him for so many years. So, and I committed myself to learning him. So when when I, uh, it's been about six years now since I've been under his leadership. And so I can predict every, like, I I know what he's going to do, even in certain, and when he does speeches and all that, I know like where he's going to go. I, I, but that, but that's the good part about learning your team. I I have an idea of what people are going to do. So I think hundred percent, like you've got to learn your team. You got to learn your leaders. Um, because you know you learn your, yeah, yeah, because the best team is the one who completely like alleviates the burden off the leader. Like that should be your goal as a team. Alleviate oh, the burden off the leader. Can you say that again? Can you say I love that? Say that again. Yeah, as as a team, your number one goal should alleviate the pain off the leaders. Find out what's stressing them out, and just work to fix it. And when you know their heart, their vision, when you know the vision of the organization, when you know the way they operate, you can make decisions like them. 
Wow. So you're in their so, likeness. Yeah. And, and I think that's such a powerful place to be because I know that for our team, I know what some people's hearts priority are and it comes with, yeah, you know, years of experience, but um, when I you have do a that, it's I have a challenging question for you not to. Yeah. Um, so Anna Gray is Indian of Indian descent and he grew up in Dubai and um, went to like boarding school. I think I remember you told me that. Um, mm. Do you think culture influences how people work is that something that's talked about in Gallup's um strength yeah no I think culture definitely can have an influence on um you know the strengths that show like I'm so sure if I were to look at the stats for top five let's say strengths in all of America compared to top five strengths in India right I'm sure it would be different yeah Um, absolutely just because the ambition levels in U.S. are like off the charts whereas whereas India it's it's ambitious in a different way probably more in a collectivistic way whereas America would probably be a little much more individualistic Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah no that's great I totally I totally agree um I'm just wondering um does the Gallup Strengths um, inventory also incorporate that the actual in, like survey and the questionnaires mm-hmm. and stuff, or, or maybe nah, not really? It's kind of it's left neutral, like that's, that's, yeah. Because I mean, even though I'm Indian, right? Right. I grew up outside of India. I left when I was four, and then I grew up in a British international school. So pretty much when I was four, right. I was exposed to people all over the world, like from. Like, I've so always awesome. had like British, Irish, Scottish, Australian, Singapore, Malaysia, everywhere. And so like I've always into, had that international yeah. experience. That's awesome. So you bring in your experiences with various cultures and you incorporate that in your Gallup strength. So that's great. That's, I love that. That's awesome. You yeah. Know? It's been a huge benefit because I think I've been in the East and I've been in the West. So I think I, I'm like, I feel like I find it easy to relate to a lot of different people in different cultures. Yeah. Um, I feel like, it, I, th- I mean, I had to adapt and it wasn't on purpose, but it kind of makes you feel like a bit of a chameleon, you know, like yeah. I can be around Americans and act American and I can go to India and feel like an Indian and hang <laughs> out with Arabs <laughs> and be an Arab and like, and then it, it allows you to transition well from one culture to another and not, not think too much about it. That's pretty, yeah, that's, I like that. That's pretty awesome. Um, So I'm so curious, organizations, you work at organizations, businesses can use this too. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you know if any, like any business or top 500 uh, fortune companies ever use this tool? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Microsoft, Apple. What? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a very popular tool. Actually, even... I know. I remember one of my friends who worked at Tesla. Yeah. Like her job just just had it in the backlog. Like, we want you to do this assessment, but like it wasn't pursued a lot. But it's there. It's there in a lot of organizations. Mm-hmm. How much it's integrated depends from one organization to another. But almost all organizations have used it. It's a very popular way to help coach managers and build team and um, yeah. I mean, the dream of Gallup is to create a strengths-based workplace, right? Right. Where, where if we can create an environment where people walk into work and right. work out of a place of strengths, 
what you'll get is more engagement. The employee will want to come to work. Yeah. You'll create, you'll create better productivity because when you're working out of your strengths, you're doing what you do better. Um, that's going to lead to profitability. It's going to, it's going to improve your organization 10x. So yeah. the, the dream is a strengths-based organization where the manager knows his team's, his or her team's strengths and then helps them operate in it. And if you can do that for your team, yeah. I mean, like... You're making me want to take this test. <laughs> no, I think everyone should. It, it was a game changer for me. When I was first introduced six years ago, yeah. it was a game changer. I didn't know what I was good at. I didn't know. Tell us what else you're good at. What did you find out from that? What did I find out from that? I excel at getting things off the ground. Like, okay. especially with Futuristic and Activator, I'm, I'm very good at dreaming up stuff right. and then having the energy to follow through with it. Um, I may not be the best finisher in the world, which is definitely when I need other people on my team. Right. But I get so much. I, I love just getting stuff off the ground and I can and I feel relentless. Yeah. Yeah. Executing. So like, so I knew that a startup situation is kind of like where I would thrive in. Um, How do you I learned, feel when you do that kind of work? Oh, I love it. Like I, I can, I have like energy for days. Like I think of like every single thing possible and I just want it to be like awesome. And I, I love it. That's so good. And I really believe like when people do exactly what they're meant to do, they feel like how you just described, they thrive. They're on like cloud nine for a couple of days. They're on this amazing high. They just feel so mm -hmm. proud of the work that they've done. Um, so that's mm -hmm. pretty awesome. Um, when, yeah, I, I think you, even like any, anyone who is watching or listening, like just think to yourself, right? In, in coaching, we call this peak moment experience. Think back on your life. Yeah. And consider like, okay, what were those peak moments in, the, in my life where I was just firing on all cylinders? I was just like, I was loving life with all my heart. And then I was just buzzing for days after. So what you'll probably find, if you can really break down those moments, all your five strengths were in play at that moment. So you were just doing what you were born to do. That's so good. Peak moment experiences is realizing yeah. that you're doing what you were just born to do. Yeah. Wow. And once you, and once you find out and you can extract those, just keep doing it. It's so simple. Find mm -hmm. out what you love doing, find out what you're good at doing, and then just keep doing it. It's really that simple. And it, it, it's, it's so simple yet, you know, a lot of us don't live that way. Even if you think about, um, especially coming from Asian worldview, like think about your report card that you got as a kid. Oh my and, God. <laughs> right? You in the States. You know exactly what Anna Grace talking about. <laughs> I know everyone's having like PTSD right now. They're just. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. But, but Gallup did a whole uh, research on this and they asked parents and they asked, okay, if you have a report card, where do your eyes go towards the most? And it would be the C grade or the D grade. Right. And a lot of people spend their entire life trying to get that C to an A. Oh but God. what they're missing out on is, wait, what if we made that A, a into an A star? What if we spent all our effort focusing on like, okay, Trisha is already excelling at psychology. Maybe right. she's terrible at math. Right. And you know what? Let's get her a C and right. let's get her to pass the course. But you know what? Let's put her in classes for psychology. Let's get her mentorship under that. Let's put her in that. And if you do that from a young age, 
what you're going to find out is that's where they're going to excel. That's where that's, that's their grace zone. That's their, like, that's what they were born for. That's so awesome. Don't get Michael Jordan to play baseball. That's his, that was his mistake. And he did do that. He totally and how did that? <laughs> he tried. And don't get Tiger Woods to play basketball. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know how what I mean? No, I it, totally it's, it. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I, I've also heard this imagery of, uh, of like a garden, right? And there's certain spots in the garden which are more fertile than the others, mm-hmm. right? And if you can make sure that you keep on sowing into that area, for every one seed in, you're going to have a 10x crop. But if you put it in an area that's not fertile, you can put the same amount of effort into both places. One gets 10x results. The other only gets like 1.5x. So for me, my gifting isn't basketball, obviously. So every hour I practice basketball, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'm going to have like a 1.1 <laughs> return on investment, whereas Michael Jordan would have a 10x return on investment. Okay. But and maybe you know, put but that, him in a coaching situation. Yeah. And it could be different for both of us. Well, that, you know what that brought up for me? It brought up time. You're wasting your time when you could be 100% time on something that you do that's positive. That your strengths, you use your strengths. You know how many people, I've done that. I've, I've wasted my time on striving to do things that I wasn't that great at. And you know, I should have devoted more time to psychology and other things that I am good at. So that, that brings up time for me. So that, that's so, so good. You mentioned no, something, no. if you were young, if you were little, how young you think um, can this test, like what age group you think? I know it's adults, but how young? All ages. They also have like a version for it. That's for kids. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to hear that. Are you serious? Yeah. So it's, um, I wouldn't know the exact name, but I call it, I think it's called Strengths Explorer and has a little rocket on it. And yeah. it's just a simpler version of it. Um, but I know kids who have taken it. Um, and it's just like a much, much easier version to understand. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I know people who are using it with their kids and it's phenomenal. Like they. I'm like, my mind is blown right now because right now, because of COVID, um, I, I just had Emily, um, my friend Emily, who is a teacher and a, a credential teacher, and she uh, gave lots of great tips on homeschooling. That came to mind when you talked about this. You know how my parents would benefit from this um, to find out what their child's strengths are and focus Absolutely. on that? Oh my gosh, this is like... And the thing is, like, so a big part of our coaching, what I spend time doing is, so there's three stages to it. We call it it's super cringy and Gallup needs to change it eventually, but it's called <laughs> name it, name it, claim it, and aim it. Name but it, claim it, and claim aim it. it and aim it. So naming is number one, finding out what your strengths are, trying to get vocabulary around it, just understanding that. Claiming is now looking on your past and seeing, okay, where have I seen this strength in use? Because it's been there since the day you were born. How has it helped me win in the past with small stuff? And then aiming it as obviously, how can we now use it in our personal life? But I wish I knew about this when I was younger, because now when I look back and I look at my life in my teenage years and me being so frustrated, I'm just like, what am I good at? Because I wasn't the typical Indian academic guy. No. Yeah. But I I excelled at, for example. That is true. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) What's that? I said that's such a stereotype, but kind of true. Sorry. <laughs> you know, it is so true because I had very, very smart schoolmates and Indians yeah. are typically known for being amazing with academics. But 
one thing that over the years when I did coaching and I spent time reflecting, I'm like, oh, I'm, I think I'm good at like bringing very talented people together. I think I'm good at putting on events. Yeah. I think like, I think, and that's when you start seeing the futuristic and the activator mm -hmm. and all those kind of stuff like under the surface. And I wish I knew about that before. Sorry. Right. It's okay. Oh, just go off. No, it's okay. Wow. You know what? You were right. I'm not good at numbers or math. I, I'm not that oh, great. Yeah. I struggle with it. And um, yeah, so I totally agree with everything you say. This is just such a wealth of information here. Um, oh, this is what I wanted to find out. Does it tell you about your weaknesses? Or no, it's um, straight up. To, to, to some extent, it you can look down at your, so there's two versions of the assessment you can do, your top five or your top 34. And 34 would be a whole list of strengths. You can look at the bottom. Um, you probably don't even need to go to that list for like three, four years, because there's more than enough to work on your top five. Mm -hmm. You should, according to Gallup and its research, you should only focus on your strengths if it's significantly tripping you up in your life. Okay. And then you need to find a way to manage it. Yeah. And so either, either get a person around you or get a system. If you're, if you're terrible at math, for example, yeah. just get a calculator or get a friend, like one of the two. Uh, yeah. Don't I, just, totally. just don't spend your effort on it, your time and energy. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So top five or top 34 and don't spend too much energy on, you know, you, yeah, get a calculator, be practical about it. Um, why like hurt your head and stre stress yourself out? Um, Absolutely. Sort of thing. I, I've been reading this book. Um, it's called Dream Big by Bob Goff. Yeah, I read that. Um, yeah. <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. And um, he has such a good point. You know, like if you're terrible at something, like especially if you're an entrepreneur, yeah. get a virtual assistant. Like, yeah. Like if you're That's terrible so cool. at doing something. Wait, there's virtual assistants out there? Wow. Oh, absolutely. And you can yeah. like, it, it'll cost you, I mean, depending on what your business is and where you're at, right. you can spend like $200 a month and mm -hmm. only contact them when you need something. Mm-hmm. And if they, if you need someone to do like all your bookkeeping, like be okay with as an entrepreneur, like giving those things away, like you should spend more of your time on what your grace zone is and what you excel in rather than yeah. spending it on your weaknesses. That's so um, true. When, when my sister was going through different things or whatnot, I was like, why don't you just get an assistant? And she did. She got an assistant for a bit and, and, and helped. Because it really, um, it alleviates a lot of stress, a lot of pain, a lot of depression, when you could be focusing on more positivity and positive things. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So it, so, oh, this is my other question, because you got me yeah. now. <laughs> um, can it change? Can your, what do you think, I have my opinion about this, but what do you think, can your strengths change? as you get older, mm. as you learn new things, if you're in a different environment. Like you said, if you gave the Gallup um, strengths um, inventory or what have you to an Indian population and then you gave it to an American population, you'll come up with a totally different top five, right? For both. Right. So I'm wondering, what do you think about, can your strengths change? Yeah, um, that's a big, big question that, that they have within um, Gallup. And so, when it comes to your top 10 strengths now, those have the ability to kind of like, we think of it as like a bucket and they kind of like sink and go up depending on the season you're in in life. Maybe I may not be in such a season in the future where I need to be so visionary. Mm. That may not 
be what requires me. Some, so other strengths might lift up. But what they found out is your top 10 will generally stay the same your entire life unless the only time they found a change in it was right. um, soldiers who returned from war. Oh my gosh. I can imagine because of- So it's that level of change that needs to happen in your life for your brain to just like completely get um, rewired to that extent. But it's an interesting conversation because it's like- That really is interesting. Oh my goodness. That's mind-blowing to me because- that it's for me, I thought maybe my opinion was, okay, maybe it can change if you're in a different environment, if you're not the same person you were 20 years ago or 15 years ago, what have you. So you said that the top 10 pretty much stays the same for quite a while, unless, you know, yeah. you suffer trauma or some sort of PTSD, like a soldier in the army. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So in general, top 10 stay the same. Yeah. I have seen some exceptions when it goes a bit down, but really it'd be like, nine staying the same and one might change and drop down into 11. That's probably the extent of what mm -hmm. they've seen in the research. And Gallup's been doing this for 50, 60 years at this point. So people um, can just Google Gallup and get more information on that G-A-L-L-U-P. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, now, what did you, did you have to go to school for this or get your certification? Yeah. yeah. I did a certification for it. Um, that's awesome. yeah, got certified, did exams, had to do a bunch of coaching and they had to send back feedback and yeah, it was awesome. It was such a privilege. And yeah, um, yeah. I'm thinking about people right now who might be um, depressed or going through it with COVID and, and everything that's happening basically in the world today. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking that maybe people out there should do this to find out their strengths. Absolutely. And it makes them feel good. And then they focus on those things and maybe they can get out of depression. Um, and this could be one of the tools besides mm -hmm. you know, counseling and therapy. This is amazing. I want to thank you so much for being here on the Core Behavior. Yeah, of course. This is great. It was amazing. If people want to get in touch with you, can they? And if so, yes. do you want to give your social media handle or? Yes. So at Gray, at A-N-U-G-R-E-H, that is my social media handle, or if you just want to reach out to me, anugreysapra at gmail.com. So A-N-U-G-R-E-H-S-A-P-R-A at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Oh my goodness. What is your next move? What's happening with you after all of this? After that, well, I'm moving to Toronto in two weeks. So that's fun. And um, yeah, I mean, like the big thing that I will be planning to do is really get my coaching business off the ground. I've been a student in the United States for a while. Yeah. And of course, in Canada, I can yeah. finally start building my business up from the ground. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm so happy for you. I know that you're going to kill it in an awesome way. Um, on a great supper, everyone, I will definitely place his information in his bio. So thanks again, on a gray, everyone. Bye. See ya.